Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's about sharing stories, especially with those who are storytellers. Arrow.net, A-R-R-O-E.net. All right, let's do it. Let's play it forward. Real people, real stories, the struggle to play it forward. Episode number 494 is with Susan Speranza, creator of Ice Out. Uh, just fine. It's a beautiful day in Vermont. Being up there in Vermont, I mean, that right there, that's that's a writer's paradise. I mean, when you step outside those doors and all of a sudden, you know, your creative mind takes off. Well, yes, especially during winter when you're kind of isolated. You have no choice but to sit by the fire, drink tea, and write. <laughs> and as a writer, I totally get that. <laughs> so now, the, the the book Ice Out, I mean, is that inspired by those cold winters in Vermont? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, up here in the north, um, in most of the northern states, Ice Out means that, that refers to the very last day that um, ice is in a body of water and they say that it's ice out so it, it's related to spring as well wow wow where you put your mind inside this story there's so many emotions there's so much mystery there's so much action I as as a writer talking to another writer how did you find the open space in your heart to bring all of this together as one <laughs> Well, this particular story just seemed to have, it, it seems to have just flowed, believe mm. it or not. Um, it was just something that once I got started, it came fairly easily. I knew whenever I write, I always know where I'm going to begin and where I'm going to end. Those two points are very important to me. What happens in the middle often changes. But if I don't have an end point to work toward, I can't write. <laughs> Does it hit you while you're walking through the mall? That's what happened to me on my last book. It was, I was walking through the mall, and all of a sudden I had this idea. Well, there aren't any malls up here. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of walking through the malls. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it kind of it was, a, I guess, a conglomeration of a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I, I used to snowmobile. Um, and snowmobiling, of course, that's an accident that happens in the, the story. Um, <clears throat> you know, a, a friend of mine um, had a pond <laughs> um, that we used to pretty much do everything in, swim in. And, you know, so the idea of water was important to me as well. Yeah, but for for Ben to sit and to to walk away, that's that's that was the shocking part of it in the very beginning. And 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 readers need to understand. First of all, they got to put this book in the center of their their book circles, and 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 let this book grow inside of you because you take us for a ride, and Ben is a huge part of this. 
Yes. Um, I wanted to, I think one of the things I wanted to explore was, well, I'm, I've, I've seen people's lives turn mm -hmm. instantly on a dime. You know, their, their lives are perfect. They go along and then something comes out of left field. And we always think we know how we are going to act to a crisis. Like we'll, we always think that we'll run into that burning building to save our family, but we don't really know how we will act when a crisis occurs. And so that was something that I wanted to explore. Plus there's the whole psychology of him having, you know, the impact of him lose, seeing, you know, losing his sister um, that affects his actions. So there, there is some psych psychology there. Mm -hmm. And then it all changes when you step into the forest. And, I'll, and, and I'm a big, huge tree fan. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in a forest right now in, in South Carolina, I mean, in North Carolina. And, and it's, it's like uh, when you, you bring up the word forest and I'm going to be listening and I'm going to be paying attention. Well, again, you know, the setting is very much Vermont. Um, I mean, I live probably like you in a rural setting. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty, I have a house in the woods. <laughs> um, so that, that's important to me. Um, you know, so using that, that setting and there's a lot of symbolism that occurs. Mm -hmm. um, the, it, the book is broken into five parts and the middle part um, beneath the surface is, I call it the transitional part where it goes from realism to magical realism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, there's a lot of symbolism there where she goes beneath the surface and when she emerges, she emerges into a world that is very different from the one she left. And, and see, that to me is, you're right, it, 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 it's, like you said, it has five different parts and stuff like that, but all of a sudden it becomes a, a different shape of the story. And that's why readers need, you gotta, I mean, the way that you take us in between, you know, th those parts of the story, it's so smooth. Was was that your initiative in the very beginning or was that your editor sitting down going, what a brilliant idea, but let's figure out how we can smooth all this out. No, that was me, a the writer. Go. There you go. <laughs> and personally, I believe that Editors should do very little. It's really the job of the writer to do all of this. I love you for saying that because on my second book, I mean, they, they wanted to take over everything and I had to stand up and make some noise. Well, I think today a lot of writers, especially new writers, are not really writers in the sense that perhaps I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is my third book. Um, you know, and when people ask me, how did you start to write? I say, well, I was always a writer, even as a child. Um, but some people decide to sit down because, well, they want the challenge. Oh, I've never written a story. Let's see if I can do it. So they employ what's called the developmental editor. And the developmental editor basically puts the story in the form that I personally think that a true writer should do. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, because I mean that's what Mark Twain said. I mean Mark Twain, in, uh, he used to tell people, use your own accent in writing. Let it stand out there. Don't let other people shape the way you speak through writing. Yes, and I think today <laughs> there are two types of writers. Like I said, um, the, the true writers, and then the the writers who maybe are writing one story because it's a challenge and they want to do it and see if they can do it, and they do rely on editors to shape the story um but i think the true writers are the ones that do 
the work. That's the work that a writer, I think, should do. I like to write music while I'm writing, and so therefore I'll, I'll do some uh, writing in the book, and then I'll step over and do music at the same time. And it, and it does. I mean, it, it, because you're in that emotional, you know, carriage as it is. Why not take advantage of the full thing? Yes, um, certainly. And I music is very much a part of my life, and it was a part of this story. So um, when, when you sit down to write music, how, how are you able to use the daily discipline in making sure that you don't turn it into a seven or a ten minute piece of music? Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? I'm not in, sure. in other words, I mean, as, as a story writer, that's long form. That'd be like going up to somebody saying, okay, you, I, I realize you wrote this piece of poetry, now turn it into a book. Ah, poets, poets have a difficult time writing in long form. Well, I mean, there's a lot of language in my book that could be considered poetic mm-hmm, or lyrical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I can't seem to suppress the inner poet, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I, I don't want to, but, you know, I, I think that in this book it, it really emerged. Um, but, and the story is about, I mean, music plays an important part. It's all through the book. And mm-hmm. plus she's, she herself is a music teacher and a professional flutist. So, you know, music was very intertwined with the story. Um, I think language, well, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the things I, I remember is um, one of Mozart's, uh, one of the things that they cri- criticized early Mozart's is that he used too many notes. And I often think that they say that about writers, too, when they tell them, you know, not to use this, you know, to adverbs and not yeah. to use adjectives. Yeah. And I always think of Mozart's criticism, too many notes, too many words. But, you know, I think words used correctly, language used I mean, English is a very beautiful language. I mean, it's rich. Mm-hmm. And to tell writers not to use a lot of it, I think, is counterproductive. Um, if it's used correctly, it can almost be like music. So true. So true. So now when you write a book like Ice Out, it gets inside of you emotionally because you can physically see that inside the paragraphs and sentences. How do you recover when you step free of those pages and go back into the real world? <laughs> well, there were some passages that were quite difficult mm-hmm. um, to do that. But I think I transitioned from the real world to the fantasy world very easily because of because of my life. Um, you know, I, I, I breathe in show dogs, okay? So my dogs are very demanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're good for me in that they do bring me back to reality. Um, you know, like I can be in the forest creating this image but then, you know, one of them throws up. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that kind of brings me back to reality. Is that one of the reasons why the dog pulled Addie out of the water? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, I, my, the breed that I, I have is Pekingese, and they're kind of oh. useless. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're cute, but they'd, they'd sit on the edge of the lake and go, Huh, she's drowning. Oh, well. (laughs) Better luck next time. See you later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. who who else can I get to feed me? Um, 
So it, it had to be obviously a dog that, you know, had some instinct and love of water. But yeah, no, the dog plays a very important part in, in the book. Um, so. Wow. So where can listeners go to, to find more about you? Because you said this is your third book. So I want them to find your other books as well and, and follow you and give you the support that you truly deserve. Well, they can go to my website, susansparanza.com. And pretty much everything is on there. Links to my Facebook. Um, you know, Facebook is Susan Speranza, author. And Instagram is, of course, I have to have my dogs uh, there. So it's um, <laughs> Susan Speranza Castle because <laughs> that, that's my kennel name, Castle Rig Pekingese. Um, and all they have to do is Google me and they'll find Pekingese, they'll find my writing. <laughs> And, and we, we all know that as writers and stuff like that, even though we are talking about Ice Out today, you're probably working on book number four right now, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't turn this stuff off. It just keeps it keeps pouring out of us. <laughs> no. I, like I said, I'm a writer, and writers write. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you're saying writer, because, I mean, that, I, when, when I tell people that I'm a daily writer, they go, you mean an author? No, I'm a daily writer. I write. Well... I know. Um, I think author technically is used for someone who is published, mm-hmm. a writer. But, yeah, I consider myself a writer because I'm always writing. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how I communicate. I would, in fact, I prefer that to even conversation, believe it or not. <laughs> are, are, you, are you using a writing instrument or are you tapping everything into a computer? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm. Well, yeah, I use a computer. I mean, you know, whatever devices I can use. Right. Um, you know that that. I think my my first book, The City of Light, I wrote by hand. Ah, I love that. Oh my I wrote, god! I wrote by hand. I I wrote it every night at midnight. I light a candle, and I did it by candlelight. Oh. <laughs> See, there, there's no feeling like getting those cramps in your hand from writing. I, you know, and it's like, oh my god, I can't move my fingers. Ah! And you, you, you got to get that hand working again. Well, I like to create atmosphere too. That's mm-hmm. why I had like the candlelight, and you know, it was it was perfect for that story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think I'd ever do that again. <laughs> you know, you, you think. <laughs> So I, I do use technology. <laughs> well, when you release book number four, I expect to be talking to you, Susan. <laughs> okay, well, I'll have to get on it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you be brilliant today, okay? I'll try. 